0: You're about to hear episode two, and we are flying now. It's two episodes in two days. I don't think I'll be keeping that up. Uh, I'm inserting this little bit of audio. I'm recording it at the end, after the episode, but I'm inserting it back at the start now. Uh, I've learned, I've worked out how to do that. Uh, Getting very clever with my little app here. And uh, I'm I'm inserting this because my goddaughter just rang. uh, And after she'd finished laughing at my Aussie accent in the first episode, uh, which apparently was pretty bad, she said she could do a better job all day long. uh, She also said I accidentally picked a very apt song to finish off the first episode, with which to finish off the first episode. It was Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do with It? She said, That's got a funny, if you want it to be funny, political connotation. Apparently, uh, the current Prime Minister of Ethiopia is lovely on one level, uh, in as much as he uh, promotes the idea that love will, uh, you know, solve all. Uh, and maybe it will. Uh, I don't know. I'm not political. I really am not. Uh, But um, apparently that's one of the things, uh, you know, that's one of his main policy planks. Excuse me, some corellas going past. Um, Now, uh, so, uh, and uh, that song, you know, can be seen as a little bit sarcastic in a funny way. Sardonic, I think is the word. Uh, Look, I'll leave all that to you, Um, yes, maybe love, if everyone can just love each other in Ethiopia, uh, it'll all work out, then again, maybe some other things are required, I have no idea, alright then, let's get on with the episode. One other thing, a technical point, from time to time you'll hear me say Ethiopia was never colonised. And you'll hear Ethiopians say that as well. But then again, a lot of people in the generation before mine will kind of have it in their heads that the Italians colonised Italy. Well, I'm not sure whether they did. I know they invaded. Uh, I'll say no more about that for now. That's covered in a future episode. Uh, the Italians colonised Italy. Oops. I meant to say. Actually, Italians did colonise Italy once, sort of. Uh, the Romans. Uh, anyway, um, what I was trying to say was, obviously, obviously uh, the Italians colonised Ethiopia. But then again, I was saying that they didn't. Which is all very confusing, and I'm not keeping up, so neither should you. On with the podcast. car again. And this is the second episode of my history of Ethiopia, my Australian history of Ethiopia. That's just a little bit of theme music. I don't know how to do that using this podcast app. So I just put the radio on. Whatever song was on, I picked a nice one. Okay. It has nothing to do with this podcast, that music, but I like the song. Now, this is an episode about Tedros. I mentioned Tedros in the first episode, which was the introduction, and this episode is also about, uh, oh, just a second, hang on, uh, kids, I'm back, this episode is, yes, about Tedros, me. Tedros II, I used to think he was called Teodros, because it's spelt T-E-W-O-D-R-O-S, But, somehow, that translates as Tedros. I'm sure we have stranger words ourselves. Um, Okay, and it's also about that famous battle I mentioned in the introduction. The Battle of Magdala, between Tedros and Robert Napier of England. We should mention, by the way, that Ethiopia, has always been an independent place. It In the scramble for Africa, which everyone knows about these days, everyone bloody knew about it in Africa back then too, uh, in the scramble for Africa, just about all of Africa was colonised one way or another. Uh, and Liberia, not, maybe? Uh, Liberia, I think, was one of the two exceptions. Liberia, I think, had connections with America. And maybe that prevented them from being colonised. Although, probably there's some other reason. I've never studied Liberia. But the most interesting case in all of the African continent is Ethiopia. Ethiopia was never colonised. And it, it doesn't have a colonial history. And my goddaughter, who I mentioned in the introduction, and I chatted about this often, wondering what this means, you know, because her children are Ethiopian, part Ethiopian, she's Hun, she's a Hun from the steppes, you know, those dangerous people. Uh, but her children are half Ethiopian, and we wonder whether they should, and have no real opinion on this, but we wonder whether they should have, um, whether they should cr- be concerned about a colonial history, you know, the, the the colonial history, you know, the, the colonizations, Europe colonising Africa and the legacy of that, which, you know, exists to this day. Should Ethiopia care about that? Should they care about slavery? Uh, because I think they were slaverers, not slavees, or well, at least the people up in the north of Ethiopia were. I think they uh, enjoyed slaving people further down south. Um, but, you know, uh, what are her children supposed to think? You know, Maybe they, well, maybe they should apologise for their... Part in the history of slavery, would that be a bad thing for them to do for themselves, or a good thing for themselves to do? I don't know. It's that's kind of all way above my head. Was uh, what I was about to say? Then I accidentally chopped the uh, pressed pause or stop or something. I'm just speaking this stuff straight into the phone, so you'll get that sometimes, a few little interruptions, but that's all right. All right, now, uh, what was I talking about? Oh yes, um, we are talking about Tedros and the Battle of Magdala, uh, but just thinking about what I just said then, uh, that makes me think that unless you're Ethiopian, whoever you are listening... Maybe it's way above your head too, you know. How can any of us have an opinion on what my goddaughter should be saying to her children, you know, about whether they should be crying about uh, the colonial legacy? Or whether, you know, how does she tell them that... Ethiopia was once the Aksumite kingdom was, that was actually really good at colonizing. Uh, you know, should they feel proud of that? Or how should she tell them that... Uh, now, there was an emperor, Johannes who seemed to... You know, he was a very famous emperor in Tigray, from Tigray. And I know that occasion. Uh, there were a couple of occasions when... I think it was Egypt, maybe the Mardists, but I'll get into all of this later. Uh, tried to invade Ethiopia and got caught out by Johannes and lost every man. Uh, now, as far as I can tell, with battles in general, for for every man, you know, save a couple maybe, uh, for every man to die. In what I think was an ambush in Johannes' case. For every man to die, uh, that takes a really, uh, takes a lot of concentration by the people doing the killing. Uh, So I can only imagine that, you know, a firefight. I think um, Johannes trapped the invading army in a valley, as all, you know, you've got to know the terrain if you want to win a battle. And the Ethiopians obviously know their own terrain. Uh, Now we're talking about. We're going to talk about the Battle of Magdala, which is a different battle that came slightly before this battle by Johannes, which is who's an emperor as well. You'll get used to me digressing, but um, and I, I, the invaders uh, who were trying to colonise Ethiopia by the way, Egypt wanted to colonise Ethiopia at the same time. Uh, the Magnificent, who was it? Ishmael, Ishmael, Ishmael the Magnificent, uh, grandson of Muhammad Ali, uh, I, I found out, which is sort of amusing for me, uh, tried to invade Ethiopia and got caught out and Johannes managed to wipe out the entire invading army and I think Ishmael came back and tried again and got wiped out again. Now what I'm getting at with that is to wipe out every person as far as I know in a normal firefight, especially back in those old days, um in the initial firefight, you only get to kill what sixty percent of people and you know forty percent lay wounded uh what's that no sorry sixty thirty five percent lay wounded. And the other 5% are trying to surrender and all that sort of thing. But for everyone to die, you actually have to sort of systematically slaughter them. Now, I am not an expert on that battle either. But that was the first thing that jumped into my head. Even when the Romans were trying to kill abs- absolutely everyone, which often they, you know, Julius Caesar wanted to do that. He ordered that. Uh, Avaricum was a place that Julius Caesar besieged and then killed absolutely everyone except one guy who he took back to Rome. But... It takes a lot of effort. You have to be really careful and, uh, you know, walk carefully through all the bodies, making sure you stab every one of them, something like that. You wouldn't want to waste bullets. Uh, Now, I don't know if that's how that one worked out. You know, this podcast will be littered with little, with moments where I'm asking questions but not knowing the answers. Uh, Ethiopians could answer these questions better than I can, Uh, but... What I get curious about sometimes is what is my goddaughter supposed to tell her children, you know? Should, should they be delighted uh, that Johannes was able to wipe out entire invading armies? Or, you know, should, should they be saying, oh, there should have been a little bit of compassion, you know? Uh, maybe, you know, even a prisoner of war camp or something like that. Um, should they um, be delighted that once they were a great power... Axum? Or was that so long ago that it doesn't matter? You know, because I named my son Alexander after Alexander the Great, but perhaps he was something close to Hitler in his time. All very tricky question. Uh, Look, probably uh, the furthest things go back, the more it's okay, you know. Uh, So maybe in a thousand years, two thousand years, there'll be Young, there'll be Germans calling their kids Adolf, you know, and it'll be all right. I'm not sure. Um, so these are all tricky questions, you know. But Ethiopia, has it got a colonial legacy? Um, as far as I can tell, no. Uh wasn't part of the scramble for Africa. I don't detect, you know, I, I detect they had quite... I, I think they had strong connections with the West historically. Um uh, so I don't know, you know, the answer to that. And and I guess that's why I'm here, doing this podcast. That's why I read history at all, so that I can have an informed opinion. The trouble is, I never actually get to that point of having an informed opinion, because the more I'm studying history the less I'm knowing about it, you know how it goes, uh, so, as, as I'm, as I'm getting older, into my fifties now, I'm getting less and less political, I'm having less and less opinions, uh, what can I say, I think, I, I, sometimes I think I'm on Jupiter these days, where people are stupider, but, okay, now, uh, right, now, we have to get back to this battle of Magdala, uh, Tedros, because Tedros is well. He... Oh, I've just got my. G'day, good day, Jeff. I'm I'm doing the second episode of this podcast. But I have I have I'll have to play you the first. Hang on, let's let's say good day to Jeff. Hang on. Oh, how are you? You're you're being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> doing another buggy podcast. yeah, the, I'm not, Well, this is my second one now. <laughs> Uh, They're good. (laughs) I've never listened to a podcast before. Well, I only started recently. Mm. Uh, uh, Probably a year ago. I I wish I'd been listening to them all these years. They're great. Uh, But there was none on Ethiopia, so I'm making one. (laughs) (laughs) You're suddenly the world authority on. (laughs) You can be the world authority straight away by making sure you don't actually say that you know anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway. I better keep going because this will be boring for them listening to this. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Yeah, where was I? Yeah. All right, see ya. Uh. All right, now, Battle of Magdala. I'm in my car, by the way, and my mate, Jeff, um, he has uh, just came out into his front yard. You know, old-fashioned. We've got the, uh, we lean over the fence, chat. All right, Tedros. Okay. Now, I'm a fan of Tedros, uh, but, uh, well, well, what will we say? Now, I have actually, and I said this in the introduction, I wrote something about Tedros quite a fairly a while ago because sometimes I write to get my thoughts in order. And this is before I worked out one could make ped- podcasts. Uh, and I thought, just to finish off this episode... I will read what I wrote, and it's just one page, really, uh, because I, was, I had grand visions of, uh, well, I do have grand visions of, you know, writing things down and putting them into books and leaving them for my kids to read. Uh, maybe this podcast is for the kids as well. And I doubt that it's for many other people. <laughs> if, if you're an Ethiopian, you would have switched off this long ago. Okay. Okay. I am going to now read what I wrote, and, there you go, he's got this little three-wheeler motorbike, very cool, Uh, I am going to read what I wrote, and just take it for what it is. Born Cassie Haley Selassie. (coughs) That was a pretty bad uh, joke. Uh, that wasn't his name. Here comes his real name. Born Kasa Hale Georgis. Tedros was a high-born Ethiopian soldier, but a soldier, first and foremost. And he had such a talent for military campaigning that he took it all the way, becoming first a warlord general and then an emperor. Soon enough, however this story becomes about Ethiopia itself. If for no other reason than the fact you that you can't get a good sense of a crucial feature uh, figure in history like Tedros if you don't understand his context. And in the case of Tedros, I suspect that context is the entire set of histories, mythologies, identities, idea, and dreaming, if I can borrow an idea from here in Australia, of Ethiopia. And here comes the story proper. Finally, after a six-month campaign that for even Queen Victoria had cost a fortune, Robert Napier got to Magdala. Magdala was the enemy emperor's mountaintop fortress, And it could hardly have been more difficult to reach, even in ordinary circumstances, let alone like this, with enemy fighters who lived and breathed these impossible hills resisting you all the way. But Napier and his army had finally made it an an incredible feat. An incredible feat, even given the limitless resources at Napier's disposal, who, as far as I can tell, had been, as I say, ordered to get Tedros whatever it might cost. And to get the English people that Tedros had locked up back. The Emperor Tedros Second, a soldier first and foremost, as I said, who had led from the front in countless battles all his adult life, was now, for all intents and purposes, the last man standing in his own army. He stood alone, behind a haystack, out of sight. Years before, or years prior, Tedros had calculated that he and Queen Victoria should be allies of one sort or another. Not at war with each other like this. They were both Christians, after all, and back then that mattered. And in any case, across Europe and the Mediterranean world, monarchs had much more in common with each other than they had with even their own people on one level. So, who knew? Maybe the sky was, in fact, the limit. And that's the way Tedros thought, actually. As I said, he was a visionary. Maybe Ethiopian emperors could even find themselves back making pilgrimages to Jerusalem, where they belonged in Jerusalem, after all these centuries of isolation. Maybe even if England could offer to help Tedros turn his famously brave fighters into a thoroughly modern army, he and England could even take Jerusalem back from the Muslims. I presume the Muslims had Jerusalem at that time. In some sort of modern crusade. But no, alas, all that was lost now. Some years prior, as it turns out, Queen Victoria had presented Tedros with a ceremonial pistol as a gift. Monarch to monarch. Tedros now lifted that pistol, that very pistol, to his own head. The British soldiers were over the walls now. And they were inside the compound and they were darting about, searching for the emperor. Uh, I believe they were told to take him alive. Behind, from behind a haystack on the edge of the compound, from their perspective, they heard a shot. Two soldiers rushed to that spot, but they were too late. The emperor lay there dying. The soldiers dragged, lifted the Emperor into the main clearing of the compound and laid his body there, and the British troops stood about. Considering everything they had been through, this, for the soldiers, was an anti-climax more than anything. That was that. They might as well head home. God knows everyone had had enough of these mountains and the heat and everything. But first came their orders. You can destroy this place. The troops, I bet, were only too happy to do so. It had been a long and hard campaign. At the start of this episode, I suggested that the current Ethiopian Prime Minister, who I know next to nothing about, I do know who he is, you know, uh, essentially is um, sitting in Addis Ababa singing Beatles songs. Uh, You know, all you need is love. Uh, I have no idea whether that's true or not, but, um, you know, a world leader and all he and he thinks you know love is you know the only policy you need. I doubt that that's true you know i will bet if I googled his policy platform, it would be a lot more sophi- sophisticated than that so uh well, and uh, but then again uh, it was i suppose pretty funny to imagine and and that is the way the world is uh, needs to well that's the way countries need to market themselves these days uh because i think that's the that's the ethos of the world i suppose that, you know if everyone could just love each other um the world might work out all right uh, yeah there's some major flaws with that of course uh but uh i won't get into that